2: If you are looking for the South Florida preview, you are in the right place due to technical difficulties. Our preview of the matchup on Saturday with South Florida was cut off. So here we are back for the final part of the show. Jacob Lane, Presley Meyer, Vincent Lacoco from the Pink Seeds podcast. Let's get into talking about South Florida football. This weekend, South Florida comes to town and South Florida is a team that um, for the last 10 years, you thought they'd be better from Charlie Strong now to Jeff Scott. They've just kind of been mediocre to not good, mostly not good. The last year they go, I think, two and nine. And you're talking about a team um, that when this game was scheduled was supposed to be one of the premier, uh, you know, I don't, not mid-major programs. That's not fair to them at this point. But you know what I mean? Not not the, one of the best you, power five if schools. If you go back to
3: when the game was scheduled, a stretch of, of – uh,
2: We thought we were playing Charlie, dude. That's well, what this came well, down to. Yeah, there.
3: And, and you're looking at Central Florida, who just came off their fake national championship – Uh, You have South Florida who was supposed to be improved under Charlie Strong. We saw how that worked out. And then you have Florida State who was just a couple years off of a real national championship. Like, this would have been a hell of a ride, bro. I mean, we're still sucking either way. But, like, I mean, this would have been been a hell of a ride.
2: This is a game that uh, it matters, obviously, because you need the victory. But we're talking about a team that is coming off of a a, – a loss, but a loss that might be program shifting. Uh, this is a, a game against Florida who is a top 20 team that they lose by three in a missed field goal situation in a game that South Florida quite frankly should have won. And you get press conferences this week that if you played them on top of each other, Jeff Scott and Scott Satterfield, both guys are saying the same thing about their teams. We're one play away. We were right there. We had it. So this is the battle of a team. Of, the same, we'll the same see action. who's
1: really one play away on
2: Saturday. We will. And that's what scares me because it really is (laughs) a battle of the, the, the place. And, and to dive into this, this is a team that is going to come in and they're going to do one thing and they're going to do it really fucking well. They're going to take a Marshawn Lynch approach and they are going to run the ball down your throat as much as they can. And when you think you've had enough, they're going to hit you with a little outside zone and they're going to get you. And the last couple of weeks between their three running backs uh, and Brian Batty, Jaron Magnum, which Magnum is just a dope ass running back name. I don't know what the first—I don't care what your first name is, but if your last name is Magnum and you're running the football, you're a badass in my
3: life. I, I can't remember which one he is, but he better be—he better be extra large, bro. He's
2: the big boy. He's the big boy. I think he's number zero, if I'm not mistaken. And then you have Michael Dukes, uh, and then of course the quarterback Jerry Bohannon. So you're talking about much like Louisville, three running backs and a quarterback who can run the football. Jerry Bohannon to me is Puma Pass. That's who he reminds me of.
0: Oh.
3: Uh, but which is interesting because he threw
2: 21 touchdowns and seven interceptions at at Baylor last year. and looked like he was, you know, kind of firmly in that position as the quarterback, obviously lost the job and now is transferred out. But this is a guy who will, uh, if Puma had been in his past at Louisville, had been at his best, this is what it would have looked like. Six foot three, 225 pounds running down your throw, but he's a very cerebral player. And Jeff Scott, this week, he talked about what I am most concerned about is what, Jeff Scott said, Jerry Bohannon is the best or Gary Bohannon is the best at, and that is taking your two edge defensive ends and reading them based off of their hip movement. That is what he does. And they're going to run a lot of events. You don't call them RPOs. I don't really know what to call them anymore since you told us that they're not RPOs and maybe it's just Louisville, but they're <laughs> going to run a lot of plays where they have three options to run the football. They're going to most likely have two backs in the backfield. He's going to play action to one. And then he's either going to decide if he's going to pitch it to the other or keep it himself. Some would call that the triple option. I don't know if that's what we're going to call it in this offense, but that's what it looks like. And what that does and what Florida was really bad at was guessing where the ball was going. And guys, I've got bad news. You know, who's also really bad at that? Us. Louisville football is really bad at eye discipline, really bad at staying home. And if we don't figure out what to do with our linebackers in this game, they're going to torch us. They're going to torch us. Uh, because what they will also do, and despite the fact that – and this is maybe a silver lining. Maybe it's the worst nightmare that you could have is Gary Bohannon has not thrown a touchdown this season. We're talking about three games uh, That and just a screams, come to Louisville and have six touchdowns. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And so this weekend, I'm really nervous because you're talking about a team who uh, can really, really run the football. Uh, they had two 100-yard rushers against Florida – They've had several 100-yard rushers. Their fourth-best running back has three touchdowns uh, in terms of their three backs and their quarterbacks. So they have a number of different options. But Louisville proved against against Central Florida that they can stop the run. Now, Treshawn Ward, um, uh, Tua Tafili or whatever, how you pronounce his last name, and then obviously Travis and Rotemaker obviously proved they could run. But Louisville, when they are kind of pushed against the wall to stop the run against anybody that's not Kentucky, they can do it. They did it last year against NC State with Bam Knight. They did it with Sean Tucker. Now, that's last year. That's not this year. But Presley laid it out. This defense, especially up front, if we're going to talk about this defense, the the defensive line is carrying this group right now. Yaseer is included in that. But Dez, Jared uh, Jared Dawson, Yaya Diaby might be the MVP of this defense right now, quite frankly. Ashton has played well that they're playing with their hair on fire. Yeah, Brian they, TP and Dorsey told us earlier in the, early in the year, we did yeah, not believe them. We did not. I believe them. You didn't believe them. You put some respect <laughs> on my <laughs> oh, beliefs, okay, okay. but you're talking about Baylor, uh, our, excuse me, central uh, South Florida is going to come into town here with a, a group that can, can really run. And then a defense that has a talented secondary athletic playmakers are everywhere. So it's, we're in the fourth week of this. This is the same shenanigans we've seen for three weeks. And why I think this game is make it or break it is if you can't, if they lose this game, guys, you might as well wish your season goodbye. The fans are done. Um, I think a lot of the players are likely done. Um, And I hate to say that, but you'll probably see guys just kind of check out because I think you'll start to see an unbelief in what's happening around them. And so I say all that to say, I feel like we might bounce back this weekend. I don't know if that's the fan in me, but. I go back and I watch the BYU game with, with South Florida this year, and then I watched them film of last year, and they give you every opportunity, and can you take it? And that's, that's the scary thing because it comes down to, to that, but it also in bounce-back games. Presley, you laid out all those games where they shit the bed, and those bounce-back games, they're typically really good. And so I feel like the score of 43-24 that I predicted at the beginning of the season might hold up here. It might hold up, and maybe, just maybe, a blowout win sets you right back to where you should be. I don't know.
3: Listen, so this is the type of team that if you let them hang around... They'll beat you. I don't know if they'll beat you, but history indicates that they probably will beat you. And I think it's the type of team, Jacob, you indicated already in in our conversations earlier today, you can run the ball against this team, and so Louisville needs to come put on their big boy pants, and it's gonna be hard. Uh, yeah, I saw that bug there, Ben. I it was scary, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, dip, dodge, and dodge. Yeah, you you got all the d's in there, that's what she said. And so, <laughs> my bad, man. Who invited um, this guy? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, man, I totally lost my train of
0: thought now.
2: Um, <laughs> it, it, this is a team that. What they're going to do at their core is they're going to make Louisville's linebackers and their defensive ends read what they're doing. Yeah. And I yeah. have no confidence to believe that they're going to read it correctly. I just, yeah, and I, I mean,
3: it, it's the same strategy that you came out against Central Florida and against Florida State with. Stick with that shit, man. Like, I tr- like, I really do trust the cornerbacks. Jarvis got cooked because Jarvis got cooked because he kind of, he kind of laid it out there and just kind of put a target on his back. I mean, those guys know his tendencies. The guys he's playing against. I mean, Vince, you can, you can, you know, you got to go at your boy. Him.
1: You get, you got to go at your boy, man. You see it when you of got old, especially even it's it's one thing in high school. You know, your buddy transfers to another school. You want to, you know, get a couple licks on, in on him. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's even more amplified in college. I, mm-hmm. you, you guys saw it. Uh, Shoot, last year with Florida State, whenever Chubba came in, yeah, or was it last year? Or was it the year before? I can't remember. We were Dude, at home. It was COVID twenty year, two thousand COVID year, went over okay. nine. Yeah, take exactly. that, Florida State fans. If you're exactly, like when Chuba came in, all those dudes they knew Chubba was coming here, and you got to think those kids in that recruiting class had, had built up a relationship with Chubba. so yeah, you know,
2: yeah. At the end of the day, here's what it comes down to. Can you can you take away that that read uh run option? Can you take right. away their ability to get consistently running with the football? And if you can, here's what you're going to encounter. You're talking about a guy at right now at South Florida, at Baylor, 20 20 passing touchdowns and seven interceptions. 2021 20, was his best year. 2022, zero passing touchdowns, four interceptions. He's uh about a 50% passer. 507 yards and he's throwing the ball 5.9 yards per attempt. This is an offense that does not want to throw the football. This but is- they have Xavier Henderson. Okay. This is a kid that has premier size. He's a speedy guy. Um, I, I cannot remember the guy's last name. Um, I want to call him Jimmy cooks, but that's not his name. That's a Drake song, but yeah, uh, his first name is Jimmy <laughs> Plays for South Florida. He's a five foot nine wide receiver. He lines up in the slot. He lines up about wide. Dave will throw a lot of screens to him. He will be Jimmy horn. He will be healthy this week he will be back. He's a guy that dangerous uh, is dangerous against Lowell because of the inability to tackle. Uh, if you can get them to throw the ball, I feel good about that. And on the offensive side of the things, if Malik can just be accurate, Anthony Richardson had every opportunity to dice that defense. He was not an accurate passer. He threw bad pass after bad pass after bad pass. And yet Florida won the football game. If Malik Cunningham can come out and just play slightly better read his defense a little bit better take advantage of mar amari huggins bruce in the z receiver spot is that the right is that the la- right letter uh depends on the, the formation and stuff okay, so but i mean Satterfield yeah i'll, said, I'll give you, i'll give you that if we're running two tight ends will so probably be at the z is that what d was in the the the, the z spot that's what Satterfield said he would play. Amari uh, Huggins-Bruce would yeah. play that spot this week. Yeah. So you're talking about the guy who's in the deep crossing pattern route now has the opportunity to get – I think we're going to see a 70-yard Amari Huggins-Bruce touchdown this weekend. I think that this offense should have every opportunity to bounce back. Caleb Chandler is back. I think you start Michael Gonzalez at left tackle. You'll get this offensive line finally moving in the right direction. You get Tyon Evans back, and then you have Tyon Evans, Jawar Jordan, Trevion Cooley, Malik Cunningham. Everybody's running. And you feel good about what you can do, but it all comes down to can you tackle and can you take care of the opportunities to pass the ball when they give it to you? And, and I, I don't know. And that leads us into our predictions now, which makes things a little bit tricky um, because I, I my heart wants to go 43-24 Louisville to win this game, get some reps for the young guys, get out of there. But I just... I just don't know. I just don't know if they'll be able to do anything better from a reading and reacting standpoint than what they've done. And because of that, I'm going to compromise on my score. I don't think Louisville is going to get to that 14 and a half that the line opened at. I think Louisville is going to win by probably 10 to 13. I will go 35, 24. Louisville wins.
1: Vince. Uh mine will probably be a little shorter than yours, Presley. I'm going 28. 14 bad guys. And I just I don't have much confidence in the offense right now. I are creative I don't think we're as creative as we have been in years past. Uh I'm not that confident in Malik right now throwing the ball. Uh not that confident as play calling. Uh love what the defense has been able to do, but I just feel like their offense is going to put them in bad positions and I don't know. It's, when it's laid out as plain, plain as day, like how Presley just laid it out to us, I mean, there's not much you can really argue against. So right. there's some changes that need to be made, and we'll see if they need to, you know, see if they address those. What was that score prediction again? I said 28 to 14. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of like
3: that. Um, I'm going to go kind of the same same range as you, but here, here's what I'm thinking, look. Louisville, if there's one positive thing that you can say about this, about just the history under Satterfield, they almost always come out with kind of their hair on fire when their backs are against the wall. You know, in college football, it's not, it's never fun to lose one, but when you lose two in a row, that's when
1: shit starts to hit the fan, regardless of how good or bad you are, Right. It's very depressing showing up on Sunday after losing two in a row. Can you imagine going two and 10 in a season, Presley, and showing um, up on those Sundays? Listen, <laughs> listen. No, I mean,
3: no, but I was there on Saturdays, bro. And, that was yeah, and I hours. appreciate that. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, but I, I I just think that – I do think this defense is improving. I really do. And they came out with a good game plan against, against the last two opponents – you saw the difference, though. Jordan Travis is a pretty high-level QB, ten for ten. They let him go, you know, kind of brought the heat a little bit, kind of stacked the box, let people go one-on-one in the wider seat or the the corners kept getting cooked over and over again. Once they kind of settled in a little bit, the defense was a little bit better, especially once you know you get out of that, you know, the two or three scripted drives as well. Um, so that, that's that's one thing to consider because you saw a lot of different stuff from John Rice Plumley, who is a good runner, but a bad passer. And I think Jerry Bohannon is kind of of the same mold. He's a guy that's going to get some, some yards with his feet. He's going to be elusive. He's going to, you know, kind of run some dudes over. Like, I'm sure some guys will get on his highlight tape. Like, that Louisville's notorious for that. But, look, I'm going 42-28, and I think that it's going to be kind of, you know, a comfortable lead at halftime. But Louisville does what they do. I mean, we're going to, you know – they're going to put in some second string O-linemen, o- do nothing fancy in the second half, go three and out, three and out a couple of times and let uh, South Florida kind of creep in just a little bit. But I-, I think I'm comfortable with where where the offense can be against the defense that's kind of this susceptible uh, to the run game. You're getting Tyon Evans back this game. Uh, hopefully they- they're saying that they-, they think Tyon Evans is going to be back. So you're getting one of your starting offensive linemen back. So, I think those two things are, are helpful. You did just score 31 points against Florida State. Their defense is sure as shit isn't, isn't worse than uh, uh, South Florida's. So I'm, I'm going to go 42-28, um, you know, and, and I would go something, you know, kind of a larger margin. Like, I, you know, in my heart I kind of feel that. But at the same time, they're giving me nothing this year to say that they're going to beat a team by, you know, three-plus touchdowns. So I think 42-28 is a comfortable spot there.
2: There you go. There it is. We'll see where we come out on the other side next week. This weekend, Louisville, South Florida, Saturday noon. I would encourage you to get out there, support the guys. It's going to be a good opportunity to enjoy some nice weather. We'll be out there as a family taking my four-year-old to her first football game. It's going to be a good time. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time from the Pink Seeds podcast, anywhere you get your shows, be sure to use, subscribe, give us a rating, review all that good stuff. We appreciate you tuning in despite everything that's happening off the, uh, on the field for Louisville, some of the struggles early on. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter. I I would say follow us at State of Lou. Still do that. We might see if we'll get back into that account at some point. But for now, taking a little break from there as Twitter has determined that we should not have access. Follow us on Twitter at JacobLane08, at VincentLococo, at Press Meyer. Check out StateofLouisville.com, at Matt underscore McGavick. Louisville Reporter Sports Illustrated is where you can find his work. Long episode tonight, but it's a a much-needed one. Much-needed one. A lot to get into. Hopefully next week we've got much much more uh, pep in our step as we come back. a a victory on a Saturday. Scott Satterfield will be happy, that's for sure. We will catch you next week from the Pink Seats Podcast. Till then, go Cards.